Blog Talk Radio. Vita next Thursday 
9 o'clock Central Standard, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard, 10 o'clock Eastern, and they will be talking about the current state of hip-hop and the effect on the hip-hop generation. So, guys, make sure you tune in for that. Friday, we will have Carl and Alfred, and I believe they're doing a show on um, common theist arguments, logical fallacy, and grammar, basic grammar there. So, again, you know, um, guys, look up logical fallacies, um, common arguments that are presented to us, and, you know, we will try to dissect um, some of those arguments and give you all um, a better understanding as to what's happening with those arguments and the logical fallacies and how they fall into certain categories. So, again, that show, Carl Eburn and Alfred Mims. Um, Alfred is also known as Dragnet on YouTube. And this will be this Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Pacific. Saturday, Raina will be doing her show, and Raina's show comes on at high noon, so, you know, that's um, our Saturday show. And that will be presented, and that information will be available this week. Sunday, I will not be here Sunday, but Raina and Mario will be steering the ship. Um, I know that, you know, other members of the team will be calling in, so guys, um, please support them. It should be a really, really good show. Um, and I'm just looking forward to hearing, you know, what they'll be bringing forth that Sunday. We have Carl and Raina on the line with us. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey. Hello. What's happening? <laughs> hey, what's happening? So, yeah, so, you know, next week should be fun-filled, so everybody, you know, please tune in uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it'll be a show all four days, but, you know, going into the weekend there, so you will be definitely informed and enlightened. So we're just asking you all to participate and to call in. What's your opinion? You know, the number to call in is 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273, and you can press 1 if you want to speak with us. And you can also Skype into the show. So if you scroll up to the top of the page, you'll see a big blue S next to the telephone number. You click that, and that will allow you to Skype into the show. Um, one announcement that I wanted to make was call for papers. Um, Dr. Hutchinson, Sakibu Hutchinson, is asking for abstracts. Um, basically, this is a call for papers for women of color beyond faith anthology. And the deadline for the 500 word or less um, abstract is September 30th of this year, so September 30th, 2013. And all the information is on the link that I posted. I posted it in a chat room. I'm posting it on Facebook, and I'll be sending it out to Twitter. And, guys, if you can, please send it in if you have any questions. Um, the email address is listed on the website. Feel free. Um, all email inquiries are responded to. So, you know, again, you know, we're looking for women of color. So, again, you know, women of African descent, you know, Latino descent, mestizo, um, Asian, you know, again, um, indigenous. So, guys, you know, if you get a chance, even if you only have questions, send it in. And we'll be happy to answer those questions for you. So we're looking for that. And, again, the deadline for that is September 30th. So 
Again, thank you so much for participating. Thank you so much for your inquiries. We appreciate it. And we are looking forward to um, moving forward with that anthology. And we appreciate everything. And let's see here. Uh, Dr. Hutchinson will be in Atlanta at the end of August um, with Peachtree Free Thought. Um, Judith Moore, um, find that information. As soon as I find it, I'll post it on my Facebook wall. But I just wanted to bring it up. But if you're interested in knowing Dr. Hutchinson's um, events and outings, you can go to SakibuHutchinson.com. Again, SakibuHutchinson.com. And if you look for um, the information that's there, you'll be able to find out where she'll be um, signing her books and her um, appearances throughout the country. So that is that information right there. So, again, good afternoon, everybody. And, you know, I wanted to take some time out and, you know, kind of give a disclaimer. Um, Today's topic that we'll be discussing is rape culture and how it impacts all of us. And we'll be hitting on a number of different categories and For some people, it may trigger some feelings or trigger some memories. Um, So we're giving a disclaimer. We're going to be we're going to be talking about a number of different things. We'll be talking about um, rape culture in general. We'll be talking about child rape, um, war rape, prison rape, transgender rape, and incestuous rape. So we'll be hitting on those um, categories, and, again, um, we'll be posting links. Um, Raina put quite a few links on my wall, so for those of you, you'll be able to go back and pull those links as needed and as warranted. But we're going to definitely um, hit on some areas that we definitely need to discuss, and I finally... I believe, you know, I can pretty much tell you that this is not the last time we'll be discussing this. So I'm going to rename this show as part one. There definitely will be a part two because I just have the feeling that this um, this is a discussion that we need to have. We need to have across the board so people will understand what is, what is happening exactly. And to get started, I think maybe we should define rape culture, and there are several different definitions out here. Um, The definition I give is not the only one. There are several, but according to um, upsetting rape culture, in a rape culture, people are surrounded with images, language, laws, and other everyday phenomena that violate and perpetuate rape. Rape culture includes jokes, TV, music, advertising, legal jargon, laws, words, and imagery that make violence against women and sexual coercion seem so normal that people believe that rape is inevitable. And I want to add, not only against women, but also against men and children, because I don't want to leave them out of this discussion. And that's why, you know, we're talking about a few things, because men are raped and we know that children are raped as well, so I want to make sure that we're as inclusive as possible um, when discussing this issue. And basically it says here, rather than viewing the culture of rape as a problem to change, 
people in a rape culture think about the persistence of rape as, quote, just the way things are, end quote. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and I think it's important to, you know, to kind of emphasize that rape culture, you know, as in terms of how it affects men and, and children is, is really an extension of how women are perceived and um, it, as being weaker and, and you know, things that should be dominated or subordinated to male authority because that is essentially what goes on in with children and with men, they are being subordinated. They are being dominated by an, another individual. Um, you know, most and, and men, particularly in the prison situation, which we'll get to talking about. I think it'll be even more clear as how male rape is generally a part of the same patriarchy that perpetuates rape culture against women. So, exactly. Exactly, and it's important that, you know, we acknowledge that and we explain it because, um, you know, I just want to make sure that no one is left out of the conversation because it's a very real issue. It's a very real problem that needs to be addressed and corrected. And unfortunately, you have a few people that speak out against this particular issue. Now, the level and the, how can I put it, the level and the amount of vitriol that's, you know, espoused about this particular culture, you would think that there were more people who were for rape culture than there really are, and it's really just a few trolls out there that are, you know, basically trying to further perpetuate this type of culture, trying to perpetuate rape and rape culture. And, you know, it's not only, you know, people, but also the media. There were some articles earlier in which they blasted some, you know, ads as well as some commercials that further perpetuated rape and rape culture and the sexualization of, you know, women in this particular case and the sexualization of rape. I don't agree with the the idea that it's just trolls that perpetuate it. I, I think that a lot of people perpetuate it whether they know so they know they're doing so, you know, right. sort of consciously. You know, it's it's very easy to get involved in a system or, or to be indoctrinated a particular way and believe that that is the way that the world works. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. this yeah, idea no, that boys trolls. will be boys and there's accidental exactly. rapes and all of that sort of thing, it, it also feeds into our our desire to see the world as a as a fair place, as a, a generally good place, you know, where where things are essentially equal but they aren't. You know what I mean? So I think that a lot of us support rape culture in ways that we may not even realize. You know, I mean, you know, just as you had brought up the idea of, of people telling rape jokes, you know, um a lot right. of us even in the black community, has, you know, has perpetuated this idea that rape should be somehow a deterrent for crime. And so we will right. make jokes about you don't want those boys to get you. You know what I mean? Exactly. You don't want to go to jail and, get, and meet them boys. You know what I mean? Like, and this, exactly. that's, that's not how it should be. We have to evaluate how we, you know, how we see these things. Rape is not a punishment. 
It's not an appropriate exactly. punishment under any circumstances. It is not a punishment. It is a crime, and it's a crime if you're exactly. a man, a woman, or a child, period. Um, exactly. Also, too, you know, if we're talking about, you know, and it, and it's not a, let, let's be fair and let's be real, too, it's not a subversive thing. Um, you know, I laughed a lot. I made up a lot of jokes about it, um, and I laughed, made a lot of insults towards it while it was airing. But let's just go back to um, the BET Awards. You know, the BET Awards opened with a guy who has, I, I don't doubt, given his behavior. First of all, he's physically abused women, you know, Chris Brown. He's physically beaten on women or something. So I don't think it's a stretch for him to have forced himself on a woman. I mean, there's no evidence of it, so I won't accuse him of it. But it wouldn't be a stretch or a surprise to me if I had heard about it. And then for the rest of the show, you know, they parade, you know, guys who artists, quote-unquote artists, who make their bread and, you know, make their make their hay off of the rape culture, um, especially the type that's prevalent in, in, in the black community, and no one wants to speak out on it. I mean, if you look at, if you listen to half of these guys' songs, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, uh, there's no way you can't get around what they're what they're assuming. And I was reading an article, um, you know, perhaps you guys will touch on it further. I, I can't quite remember all of it, but it was just talking about the terminology in a lot of these songs. Now it's it's taking on an aspect of violence, sexual violence. You know, it's no longer sex. You know, we beating it up. We hit that. <laughs> you know, we bat, we beat it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's it's smashed. taking on yeah. It's ta- yeah, smashed it. It's taking on the 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 the. Uh, it's it, it's gone from being a uh, an act of intercourse or intimacy to an act of sexual violence, if you will. You know, <laughs> when you're done with her, she's no good to anybody else. That's kind of how it's being promoted. So it's not even subversive anymore. And it's just weird that no one really calls people on it. I mean, we just, a couple of months back, we just had the situation with Rick Ross where he's literally talking about putting, you know, putting drugs in a woman's drink and then having sex with her her without her consent or knowledge that the act took place, you know. Right, exactly. you know, so so it's it, it's not at all subversive anymore. We're just you know we're we're it, it's 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 you know people don't want to admit it, but it's pretty much out there now how people are acting in regards to it. Right, and the interesting thing is, you know, most of the prevention advice that I've seen out there is targeted to hetero, you know, um, women and trans women, telling them you know how they should act, how they should dress. But I have not seen a lot of messages um, geared toward men telling them not to rape. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and you won't because, because it's easier to blame the victim. It's easier to suggest to the victim that the reason that she was raped is because she had on a short skirt and not the fact that the rapist can't control his, his um, you know, his urges. Because we have right. in this society an idea that men cannot control themselves, that they're hormonal and, you know, um, you know, girls wearing, you know, yoga pants in gym is going to distract the boys because women are a distraction. No, you have to learn how to control your behavior as an individual in this society. That's, that's, that's the only way 
that we're ever going to reduce our, you know, the incidences of rape. People have to learn exactly. to control themselves. I think it would be far more effective to raise a man who doesn't think that that is something that he should be doing than it is to right. tell somebody what not to wear. You know, um, it, it, it's well, that very... Well, actually having I mean, a conversation with your children about sex. Yeah. <laughs> a real conversation I mean, yeah. about sex. And not yeah, and I mean. not telling them just not to have it until they're married. And, you know, and talking exactly. about feelings and talking about erections and talking about, you know, all those types of things that make parents very uneasy, you know, especially if they're talking to identifying your parts. Yeah, yeah. Right. you know, correctly identifying your body parts and what they right. do and, you know, explaining the whole process from, you know, the whole process um, of sexuality, you know. Because, but the thing right. is, is that it was some of these adults, they were never taught that either, you know, which is no excuse because, I mean, they have books out there. Um, you have the Internet now. You know, we didn't have the Internet when I was growing up, but, you know, I wish we had. But you can go out and get websites if you're uncomfortable, you know, websites that will show you the easy way to explain these different things, um, you know, in, in the most simplest terms so that children will understand, you know. And, you know, one thing that I've, you know, never seen, I haven't seen, why is it that for rape survivors, we have not seen the public support rape survivors, with the exception of, you know, a few of the young people that have been kidnapped, you know, with that situation in Ohio where those young women were kidnapped. And, of course, you know, um, everybody was happy that they were found. And, you know, being happy that, you know, these people are found is much different than support. I have not seen any campaigns really to you know, uh, in some cases, like that situation there, you know, fundraising with the exception of the gentleman that helped to free them, he said all that reward money should go to them to help them rebuild their lives. That was admirable. But as far as, the, you know, the public, you know, I have not seen a lot of outreach to rape survivors, male, female, or children. So, again, does this well, violate I'll say, I'll one say of the in that case, I have heard of I was going to say, in their case, I have actually heard of some people reaching out to help them. I think there was a dentist or something that had offered free dental care because these women hadn't had access to a dentist or doctor's appointments while they were in captivity. But I think that also is a represents sort of a different uh, situation or a different case to most people. Um, you know, they can they can more identify those women as victims because they were stolen as opposed right. to, you know, they were on the street dressed, you know, provocatively, quote, unquote, or they went to a bar and had a few too many drinks. You know, they're, they're, whenever there is, you know, they're more, they're more close to what, I guess, an ideal victim for society looks like because we, we, we're comfortable with people who are somehow blemishless, you know, blameless. You know, we, mm-hmm. we don't have a problem with those people. If we see a 14-year-old girl who, you know, was a straight-A student, you know, you know, cheerleader, you know, all that good stuff, supposedly, you know, and she never was out, quote-unquote, out there like that, it's easier for us to say, oh, poor thing, how could they right. than it is if right. the girl had maybe been a little more experienced, you know, what I mean? right. she was raised. 
you know, and that's unfortunate because, you know, that just tells you how society views women and that women are objects to be acted upon and we are used goods than when we've been sexually active. And that's part of why I think Elizabeth Smart said that she didn't, she didn't run away is because she had been taught in, you know, uh, abstinence only while she was in school. Right. Actually, she said that she recalled um, someone making an, a, an analogy to chewing gum, you know, that who wants a used right. piece of chewing gum, and that's why she didn't escape, you know. This, well, is, this is what we are, and that's not just something that they teach in abstinence-only education. That is, that is an analogy that is essentially taught to us all. At, from very exactly. early on, especially as, as girls, you know. Exactly. And you know, I, well, I, I, ahead, I think, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut anybody off. Um, well, go ahead. I, I, I do believe that, you know, a lot of this starts, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of it has to do with, uh, it starts in, the, it starts in the church. It starts in yeah. some kind of religious thing and work its way out because there's this idea that any woman um, that even halfway embraces her sexuality is in violation of some kind of chaste uh, uh, puritanical rule that exists in church. You can't, you can't be appreciative of your body. You can't be appreciative of your burgeoning sexuality. You must be drab. You have to dress drab, and you have to. You know, I mean, right. think about it. If you're, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a background where I started out in the church. If you're, if you're from the same, you remember the story of Jezebel. Do you actually recall yeah. Jezebel doing anything criminal? You know, no. or Delilah? Did they actually do anything criminal that warranted their mistreatment or their eventual deaths or 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 or, or shaming? No. They were just, well, not really. They just, no, and then the, you know, the thing were, about it is I, 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 I see where you're coming from, and I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I do believe that yeah. the church, no, uh, no doubt, you know, perpetrate or, or, or further perpetuates that sort of yeah. belief system. But I think that that belief system really just comes out of uh, patriarchy, which is not necessarily Absolutely. a religious thing, I, I, but it has, it has it's no. come, it, it's a cultural, uh, it's a cultural stance that views women as yeah. property. That's something that no, no. that you can see in various cultures that don't have Christianity or, uh, you know, a, or a religion, I, so to speak. I as absolutely agree. No, I agree, and I, you know, I know, I, I know where you're coming from. What, what I mean is, and what I hope to get across was that it, it's a relay. If it's a relay race, then you know they had the baton, and then they're just passing it down. You know, they pass it. The, the church passes it to to the larger society, and we maintain it. And there is this idea. There is this idea that is always promoted, and and until we get away from it, we can't really try. I, I don't think we'll be able to um, change the the rape culture in in, in our society. Um, there's this idea because when a woman gets raped, it's almost instinctive to ask what she was doing, like that has any bearing right. on anything. You know, Steubenville, right. Ohio, the girl got gang raped, and the first thing was, well, what was she doing there? Well, why exactly. that? What does that have to do with anything? You I mean, you could, ask, well, you could ask that of any of the teenagers that were present. Like, what were they doing? You know, there? you know. If it was a drive-by shooting, would you ask what she was doing there? Right. 
You know? Exactly. Like, that, it, I mean, they were teenagers. None of them should have been drinking in the first place. But, I mean, while while they were all there, let's talk about what they did do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, that's what we and, should be talking about. Oh, yeah, and we have to make sure that, you know, both men and women are complicit in victim shaming. And, mm-hmm. you know, that has to be addressed as well, you know, with the victim shaming, slut shaming, or, you know, uh, however we're going to address that. Um, we have to make sure that, you know, we understand and, you know, again, you know, taking what Carl and Raina said, um, looking at some of what's been happening, some of what has been taught, some of what has been passed down through generations, some of what has been basically corroborated by um Legal, not legal, but um, religious texts, and in some cases, legal texts. You know, I mean, and we're not only talking about here in the U.S. You know, we're talking about people in other countries as well. I mean, there have been some horrible stories coming out of Africa and India um, regarding rape and rape culture, and you know, gang rapes, and you know, and you know, it's it's just amazing. And, you know, we have to start addressing, you know, what's happening and bringing it to the forefront and challenging it. And even with, you know, the way some laws are written, not only in this country but in other countries, it seems to, you know, give men impunity to rape women, in some cases children. And, you know, we have to deal with the public policy behind that as well. I think we have Deborah um, online with us. Is that you, Deborah? Yes, that's me. How y'all doing today? Good. How are you? you? Hello, hello. You know, it was this guy. um, Speak up just a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Is that better? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, It was somebody, one of of the people I have as friends, I was checking them out. Okay. What is that thing they do over in Africa with your... um, uh, with the woman's uh, clitoris and all that. Oh, you know, he had a nerve to say that it must was okay for the women to go go along with it. You know, it's been going on for so long. It must was okay. And you know, it strikes me. You know, these people really don't. Uh, it's a lot of men who really don't understand. They they think what they do is. They really think raping is okay. You know, they think everything that they do to a woman is just wonderful. It's just fine, you know. I'm still waiting for them to tell how many, you know, like with the people in, in, in the service and everything who have been raping the women in service. I want to know how wow. many foreign, I want to know how many foreign women they was raped. Because I bet you, it's, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense that you would be particular like that and just rape the women that's in service. I'm pretty sure that well, people would know, know that. Well, oh, yeah, no, exactly, you know, and, you know, they don't bring says, that up. You know, no, not too quick, but, you know, um, in one article where it's talking about transforming a rape culture, basically it goes into when it says the rape culture is a complex of beliefs that encourages male sexual aggression and supports violence against women. It is a society where violence is seen as sexy and sexuality as violent. In a rape culture, women perceive a continuum of 
threatened violence that ranges from sexual remarks to sexual touching to rape itself. A rape culture mm-hmm. condones physical and emotional terrorism against women as the norm. And so, again, I don't want to, you know, I want to make sure we include women, men, and children. We cannot leave them out. You know, I just think it's Absolutely. important. But, you know, so, again, you know, trying to balance that out. But it's it's been happening way too much, and, you know, that's why we're talking about it, bringing it to the forefront. This conversation has been going on for years, and, you know, it will continue to go on until we actually um, get some results because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the statistics, and from this one, I pulled the stats, and it's talking about the top ten countries with the highest reported rape incidents from 2004 to 2010, and the United States of America has the highest Reported rates. Um, right here it says 80,000 in the United States, 20,000 in India, about, looks like about 18,000 in the UK, and about 17,000 in Mexico. And the subsequent um, countries are Germany, Sweden, Russia, Thailand, Colombia, and Belgium. But when you go down and you start looking at the information here, it says, um, you know, the original statistic I gave you was 80,000 cases of rape in the U.S. were reported to the police, but according, and that was according to U.N. data. The U.S. Justice Department estimates that 300,000 American women are raped every year, and the CDC puts the number at much higher than 1.3 million. Mm-hmm. And right, and those are, and and again, they're not they're not saying reported instances. They're saying those are unreported instances. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. so there there there's a lot of rapes that don't go reported in this country, for for a for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is the myth that further perpetuates you know rape culture is the myth that women uh, that there's somehow a high incidence of false reports on rape. You know, which um. You know, this is this is a very prevalent myth, and every time the you know rape culture gets brought up, this is this is brought up, and I and I understand because usually I'm having this conversation with black men, and I understand um, sort of the sensitivity that that they have towards it because in the past a lot of black men were uh, lynched and killed and imprisoned based on false allegations of rape um, against particularly white women um, or, or by white women. So I understand their sort of sensitivity to that, but the fact of the matter is, is that there are quite a lot of, you know, unreported rapes in this country, and you know there um, there are estimate estimates about the sort of the number of rapes that a a rapist will commit in his lifetime, and there's some that put the number as high as ten, um, you know, but generally it's around six. You know, so a rapist can, you know, can get around, you know, and, they, and you know, and some and some rapes are, are repeated. I mean, particularly when we're talking, and you, and you talked about you wanted to extend this to men and children, uh, too, but we also have to keep in mind immigrants, and um, a lot exactly. of immigrant women right. are raped. Um, mm-hmm. They're, you know, uh, the U visas um, that are given out, um, they have about 10,000 U visas they can they can allot, I think, monthly 
to immigrant and, women. But um, and and part of the reason why um, the reauthorization of by of of of, of the VW VAWA was good because um, they had provisions in there that actually would let some of the um, unused U visas from previous years roll over, so that we could get okay. more women who have been the um, you know the victims of sexual violence to apply for visas and not and have still have the opportunity to apply for permanent residency once those visas run out. Um, but okay. there are you know there are women in, in some in many cases who are repeatedly raped while in That's the right. field while you know exactly. while doing you know all of these jobs that you and I won't do. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so we have, to, we have to keep in mind. Because, right. There were a lot of rapes in the field, not only now with the immigrants, but, you know, back with the forced immigrants as well. But go ahead. Well, yeah, we don't, we don't, have, to, we don't have to mention that, <laughs> because we know very well that rape was a, was a, was a major part of slavery. And, um, yeah. and, right. and if you, and if you, um, uh, you know, Mumia Al Jamar, uh, Abu Jamar was um, actually talking about rape culture on one of his, po- um, you know, short podcasts that he does from time to time, and um, he was talking about um, some people have actually referred to American culture as rape uh, capitalism or something along those lines. Yeah. I think I, I it, it was a better, more clever sort of conjunction of the two than I, I'm that I'm saying, but <laughs> but it's you know. It's, well, it, it it really does illustrate the problem. You know, this race is is foundational in a sense to our culture in in terms of dominating other people and you know making that and, and victimizing them. It's absolutely it's pretty profound um, when you think about it. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Kim made a mention. You know that that it, you, or you just said, um, Randy, that that you know it's pretty much. A, a part of our culture is kind of like dyed in the wool now, and um, you know, Kim made a mention of 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 you know male male you know rape as well, you know men being raped, and and the and the truth of the matter is, you know, it, when the government itself, you know, going back to the rapes that take place in the military, when the government itself takes steps to mm-hmm. kind of shield or shield or sugarcoat the level of assaults going on in the military to for our fighting men and women, you know there's a problem. You know what I'm saying? When right. when there's nobody when they, when no one wants to step forward and say, look, here's what we're doing to take care of it or when they're just doing stuff as as lip service to the problem. Um, you know, there are articles now you know, we're talking about women who can't come forward because of shame. Think about how, you know, and, and this is how patriarchy affects men negatively. This affects men okay. negatively because if a woman can be shamed because of this this tragic and this, 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 this evil thing that's happened to her, this violent act, imagine what it's like for a man to come forward. Absolutely. It's even worse. Right. It's even you know, worse in some ways for a man. Patriarchy is actually working against you. Yeah. It works against you. That's what, and I Absolutely. think that's what most men are afraid of. I think more men are afraid of the aftermath of the act than they are of the actual act. You know, we're right. afraid of, well, because we've defined ourselves and masculinity and, and sexuality and masculinity have so defined us, you know, as yeah. men mm-hmm. that if, if, 
if, if anything happens to either one of those things, could I or could any other man still consider himself a man? That's a big right. deal. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, and, and or, be looked at or be looked at by other people as competent or strong or, you know, whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It's, right. it's really upsetting for I, – I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, there's – I mean, and and I guess when we talk about prison rape a little bit later, again it'll be more clear because there is there there is definitely more to prison rape than you know men just you know saying hey I'm gonna I'm gonna be in charge you know what I mean it's not like you know the dog you know the male dog that rapes the you know it's underling you know what I mean exactly. this is is more to it there is a hierarchy in prison that is based on making men fit into a gender stereotype. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's why it's important that we talk about this, you know, and let's just segue into male rape because we need to talk about it and then we'll go into the prison rape. But, you know, for male survivors, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys a website. It's called aftersilence.org. Again, aftersilence.org and the telephone number if you want us to reach out if you happen to be a victim of rape and you're a man, you can dial 1-800-656-HOPE. Again, 1-800-656-HOPE. And, you know, I definitely want to talk a little bit about that. Um, one thing that I will say is the segment on Over Show, in which Tyler Perry and the other gentlemen stood up and gave their account of being sexually violated some been some by men, some it happened as a child, some it happened as, you know, an adult, you know, if you all get a chance to check out that series. Um, it actually was one of her better shows, if I may say so myself. And I was happy yeah. that, you know, it was addressed and that they right. talked about the different um, issues there because for so long a lot of men have been, you know, ignored, teased, um, and again, rape should not be a punishment, especially if one, you know, happens to go to jail for whatever reason. And we have to, you know, look beyond that. I'm looking for my link again. But um, about the male survivors of um, rape, you know, definitely um, here's the statistics. I'm looking at the statistics, and it says rape on males are underreported by a very large margin as compared to sexual assault on females. Even so, as many as one in six young males will be raped or somehow abused before they reach the age of 18 years old. I truly believe those statistics are higher in the black community. Um, it says here mm-hmm. no less than one in ten males on average will become a sexual assault or abuse victim in the United States. And this is according to um, um, a survey from 2003, and it said male survivors of rape and sexual assault are less likely to report the crime and seek help, largely because of society's emphasis on the role of men and boys. Men are encouraged to concentrate on competition, physical strength, and leadership. Male victims of sexual assault may feel ashamed because they were overpowered or dominated, and shame may contribute to the feeling of isolation and a hesitation to seek professional help. It says, Go ahead. Oh, hello. I was going to say, and and there's a flip side to that, too, because 
um, you know, while, you know, there is there there are male rape victims who have had traumatic experiences, you know, super traumatic experiences, there are some rape victim male rape victims who don't see what happened to them as rape. I mean, there's no, no there are, are because and the reason is is because society teaches young boys and men that they should enjoy or should want and enjoy sex with women. But what about when you're an eleven year old boy? And you've right. been raped by a grown woman, as was right. the case with Little Wayne. And right. and what perpetuates that yeah, that right. rape culture and this idea of male dominance and male and men being sexual and 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 aggressors and women being objects is you know the reaction that came when he said that he lost his virginity at 11 years old. Jimmy Kimmel and the man next to him. They're saying, I didn't even know you could lose your virginity at 11. And he was like, exactly. and, you know, he was like, hey, but this guy did. And they're making a joke out of it. This is, yeah. you know, it's it's obviously. Right. Well, Adam Sandler made a, an entire movie about it. That's called That's yeah. My Boy. He had sex with a teacher at, what, 12? And his son is 35 right. and he's just like 41 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's it, because it's the, it's the idea that um, sex is your gateway into manhood. To manhood. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's a fallacy. I mean, once you, it's a fallacy, of course, but it's just this common conception that for a man, you could do anything. You could figure out, you know, you could have mapped the human genome at the age of 10, and people wouldn't think that you're a man. You could create faster than light travel and at, at the age of 9, and nobody would think you're a man until... You you dropped you a woman sex. and had your first sexual experience. No matter how strange and awkward it went down, you're once you got it, that now you're a man. You can do all kinds of things. And, and I think that's it, exactly. And I'm speaking as I'm no, speaking as somebody that you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. No matter what accomplishment I made, weighed against you know. I, and I used to do. I mean, I did things in school. I did things at home, community with my church at the time, all that stuff. And even in my mind, I waited against the guys on my street or in my neighborhood who weren't doing the same things as I was doing, but they had girls. And even in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not, I guess I'm not a man. I mean, I'm not, I haven't become a man yet because I haven't accomplished this great thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, we have the culture definitely supports that. And I think that's the undercover reason. I think that's Speak the undercover reason. Speak up a little bit, please. I, I, can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what's maybe something wrong with my phone. I think that's the undercover reason why they keep trying to put in people's heads that that women cannot raise boys. You know, you yeah. know, because it's got to be something. Um, you know, to teach the man, teach the boy child how to be a man, and you got to get all the poo-poo that you can possibly get. A woman is not going to, a mother is not going to tell her son that. You know, it's just, you know, the whole thing, you have to talk about it, and it has to be addressed, because there are some people out there that target um, members of the LGBTQ community, um, in particular gay, sexual, and, I'm sorry, bisexual and gay men. And at that point, it's called a hate crime. Yeah. So just so that people will understand what's happening there. Um, is this a lot of this happening? And, you know, we can't condone it. It has to be 
brought to the, you know, the forefront. And I'm glad that Raina brought up, you know, the situation with Little Wayne. And it's not just Little Wayne, you know, it's, it's, there are a lot of young men, you know, that fall victim to that, you know, whether they're raped by a grown woman or raped by another male, and in some cases raped by another child. You know, right. yeah. And so, yeah, it, it just it it has to be addressed. Um, and if Little Wayne was a woman, people would be outraged. Exactly. Yeah. But because exactly. he's a man, they're high fiving him. And and yeah. even if he wanted to, and even if he yeah. and if he even if he wanted to acknowledge that he had negative feelings about that experience, how would he do that as a man? Society doesn't allow him the space to do that. They're going to say, what's wrong with you? Exactly. Because he looked uncomfortable during that whole conversation. He looked very uncomfortable talking about that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to say, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I was listening to a lot of people tell me, you know, because I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't hang around a a lot of guys and whatnot. Uh, being kind of a social outcast, I was I kind of I was kind of led to believe, one way or another, that the best way to become kind of socially accepted in my area or around my people, especially young black people, was to try to get as much help as I could. And it wasn't until like my mid twenties that I re- realized how futile and pathetic an effort that was. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing it, but what am I accomplishing in the meantime? You know what I'm saying? What am I what am I bringing into myself, and how? Why should these people care how many women I'm having sex with? You know, and it just you know there was more things behind that, and so I you know I began to really change and mature within myself until you know kind of really start to really rethink that whole idea and the the, the pathetic way that men uh, are taught through one way or another, um, especially young young black men. I'm hearing these uh, older black men telling me all the time to get as much tail as I can, you know what I'm saying, sow your royal load, you know what I'm saying, um, and, and whatnot. And um, even my mother in some ways or another comp, uh, kind of um, pushed me towards that way. But, you know, it wasn't until my, my uh, mid to late 20s that I realized how stupid that shit was and how how it, 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 the only thing it does is it, it, it makes, to me it makes men look weak and pathetic. It makes right. women look like service animals. That's just that's you know here, you're here, your whole purpose either to bear my children or to make me look good with my peers. And I just you know I really re readjusted my entire thing on that on that. But you know not, I'm not you know I'm not the average male, so a lot of dudes are still thinking that way. I know dudes older than me that still think that way and whatnot. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Oh, but that's yeah. the purpose of having shows like this, so that we can educate one another, so that in turn we can educate other people, because in, in some cases, not all, but in some, it's out of pure ignorance. But others, they know exactly what they're saying and exactly what they're doing, and that's why it's important that we have these open and honest discussions, you know, you know, so, hey, we got to put it out there, you know, and I'm just going to segue into prison rape. And the reason why I'm going to segue into prison rape, because we were talking about, you know, male rape there, and a lot of people think that, you know, or they tease or they basically try to shame men by saying if you commit that crime when you go to jail, you're going to be raped. And, you know, many of us 
you know, are guilty of that. I know I was in the past, but as I was educated more and I learned better, I knew better than to say that because, you know, if you read and find out and see what's happening out there, you know, it's not a joking matter. matter. And, um, again, you know, some of the statistics here, because I definitely um, want you guys to know what's happening here. Um, it says research has shown that juveniles incarcerated with adults are five times more likely to report being victims of sexual assault than youth in juvenile facilities. And the suicide rate of juveniles in adult jails is 7.7 times higher than that of juvenile detention centers. And right. basically it says here that anywhere between 9 and 20% of inmates um, had been sexually assaulted. That's a lot. And that's coming from a 1992 estimate, you know, from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And, right. you know, we know that those numbers are much higher. And, right. again, you know, talking about prison rape and prison sexuality, you know, basically the perpetrator and the victim are almost always the same sex. You know, now we've seen instances in which um, the jail guards force themselves on the prisoners, you know, male or female. Um, oh, yeah. U.S. male prison says here that rapists generally identify themselves as heterosexual and confine themselves to non-receptive sexual acts, which means, for those of you who understand the terminology, they're on top. So they're doing the right. penetrating. So they consider themselves as heterosexual, and the victims are commonly referred to as punks or bitches and may be seen as, you know, homosexual because they're the bottom. They're the ones being penetrated. And, you know, um, and for inmates that are transgender, it's even more difficult, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later because I want to make sure that we do address transgender rape. Um, but, again, we have to stop, uh, you know, and start educating people about what's happening here. I want to read a letter that, or part of a letter that was sent to the ACLU. And this kind of came from an anonymous prisoner. They redacted his information. But basically it was entitled, I was raped at East Mississippi Correctional Facility. And it says, my name is blank, and I am a 23-year-old. And although my past criminal record isn't at its best, at heart, I'm still a great kid. After being locked up for about six months, I suffered from something many young males would hate to speak on, and that's rape. I was raped at Eastern Mississippi Correctional Facility in Meridian, Mississippi. I was beat brutally and faced several facial and rectum injuries from this attack. I was raped, robbed, and assaulted by several other prisoners. I was held hostage due to the attack in a cell. I was threatened with knives and tormented by these inmates for several hours. I was raped from 11.30 p.m. at night until 3.30 a.m. in the morning by one other prisoner. As he raped me continuously, all I could do was cry because one false move and I knew this guy would take my life. After being a victim of rape by another male, I am suffering still from anxiety, depression, and stress issues because of this attack. I fault the reason that I'm in prison today. If I had one wish, I would wish that I had never violated the law and shoplifted, which is what got me in prison. 
I've always wanted to live a normal life and hang out with friends and enjoy. But due to this tragic incident that happened to me, all I want to do is speak out to others that are suffering from what I went through and let them know it's okay to speak up and tell someone because no one should be violated of their sexual personal space. I was hurt very badly at times I feel like it's my fault, but at the end of the day, I know it wasn't. Again, my name is Blank, and I, too, was a victim of rape. And this was an, an adapted version of the letter, and I'll post it so you guys can find the links and go out and um, read the whole letter itself. But, you know, this has been happening across the board, and I'm glad that the ACLU um, got involved with this. And, you know, um, there is a bill, you know, the Prison Rape Elimination Act, um, that is a you know, um, that they're trying to pass and should take effect in August of this year. So, you know, it's wonderful that they're now trying to reach out and help those that are being violated. So, you know, it's, it's important that we educate one another and see what's happening out there. Um, again, you know, this is not a laughing matter. Definitely not a laughing yeah. matter. Absolutely. And I mean, it's it's, I, I honestly, I mean, even with this law passing, I honestly have very little faith in the, um, in the penal system to resolve the prison rape in, in a real way. Um, I think, if anything, it, it may make it so that they, uh, you know, further underreport incidences of rape or make it more difficult. You know what I mean, or institute some other forms of punishment behind mm-hmm. behind prison walls. You know, because it's it, it's it's something that's not just about the prisoner. It's it, it's also something that the guards believe in too, and it's something that even the American public, you know what I mean, condones on a certain level. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, so um, I'm not really oh, convinced that this will do it. Go ahead. There are. Re- there are there are actually two things going on when we discuss you know uh, uh, prison you know prison rape and sexual assault in prison. There's two things. The first thing is uh, these these people these rapists in jail. Um, they're becoming they have become the proxy of the law enforcement system. Think about what it, people really don't commit crimes for. You know, when you when you say something's happening, it's not them locking you in a four. In, in, at least in the American penal system, you go to jail, it's three hots in a cot. Yes, you are confined to the small space. You can only get out for a certain amount of time. And your life is this weird regimented thing where, you know, you can't do anything. But that's not really what scares people, you know. What scares people now, well, the deterrent to keep people from trying to commit crime is, you know, the fear of this sexual uh, uh, violation. That's what makes people not do things. I mean, even me, I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking about being in a prison cell. I'm thinking about, is somebody going to violate me? And so these men that should be somehow separated from the population or, or, or something like that, uh, or, or at least, I guess, I don't know how much further you could penalize them, but at least separate them from any other kind of prison population. These men have now become proxy law enforcement agents. Right. Let's let's exactly. let's be real. That's they're, they're law enforcement. And then the second right. thing is, it's dis 
it's disproportionate retribution. Um, most of the people who are now that make up the make up the majority of the prison population are in jail for nonviolent drug offenses, either as right. users or, or or dealers or something like that. Small time dealers, small time users. Uh, they make up the prison population. So how do you figure three or three to five years of sexual slavery, which is actually what you're giving them, is right. appro- is appropriate for carrying getting caught with a couple bags of weed? You know, right. yeah, I, that, that, that that does not make sense. You know, but well, that's we, have, we have a system that dehumanizes, yeah, you know, criminals, and we have a system that. Because uh, we know how many of those people are black and brown, you know, view mm-hmm. black and brown people as criminals, whether or not they've committed, you know, what you and I would, you know, see as actual instances of crime. Now, you know, we, we right. talk about crime and, um, you know, we, we generally talk about violent crimes and things like that. Those things come to mind instantly. Um, but we don't always talk about the other types of crimes. So we so we also have to keep in mind that there are, there are two real levels of crime that we're dealing with. There are acceptable mm-hmm. crimes, the crimes that you can commit with a suit and tie on, that mm-hmm. <laughs> don't seem yeah. to warrant yeah. this type yeah. of, you know, yeah. rape being a punishment and, you know, long-term, you know, mandatory minimum sentencing and all that type of stuff. But, right. you know, these other crimes, these crimes that are committed by these poor black and brown people, you know, whether or not they've actually inflicted harm on someone, you know, those exactly. crimes, they deserve, they deserve the book thrown at them. For them. Yeah. Um, you know, lastingly, we call our um, these uh, prisons departments of corrections or correctional facilities. They're not correcting anything. You know, you're not creating, correcting anyone by putting someone in there who's done a nonviolent crime in there with people who have committed numerous violent crimes, and you're, you know, these people are being taught to be them are being harbored in an area that's cre- creating more violence and a horrible, horrible environment to be in with all these people, and they're being deprived of how to how to live amongst people when they do get out, and how to mm-hmm. you know uh, um, any type of sympathy. Sensitivity and whatnot. When you release, you haven't created, corrected that person. You made them worse. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, I used to read about the uh, the prison colonies because uh, I listened to a lot of old radio classes, and they would talk about a lot of things that happened in um in uh, on the prisons and whatnot. And especially if you saw Star Saint Redemption and other other uh, um, prisons, you know, it 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 was horrible. I mean, these guards were killing prisoners left and right. And so yeah. what it did was create worse criminals. You get people like John Dillinger and other things like that. They they don't want to go back to prison, so they're going to kill as many people as they can before they go out. You're but not, but, here, but here's something else though um, to add on to what you're saying, Mario. Imagine being in a prison, right, where mm-hmm. you are in a system that makes certain men into women. Mm-hmm. In quotes. Yeah. You know what I mean? For all intents and purposes. You have mm-hmm. decided that they are going to take on women's roles and scrub and clean and you can beat them, trade them for sexual mm-hmm. favors, and do whatever mm-hmm. else you want with them. What do you do if that has been the the, the sort of environment that you've been, you know, in, in for a while? What does that do to your psychology? What happens when you get out into the real world and you then have to deal with real women? Do you just exactly. go back to treating them like they're human beings? 
I don't think so. Yeah, and you, you've and broken that another, person's mind. Yeah, and there's another there's another thing too. You know, uh, to to I wanted to add on to something else I was saying. Um, you know, I have friends that love watching this show, and it does nothing for me but make me extremely upset. And that's that show. Um, what's it? Uh, Beyond Scared Straight. And it's like they are taking yeah. these they're taking these kids to these you know these penal institutions, and a part of the method of trying to divert them from criminal behavior, you know, because I guess actually, you know, putting money into schools or after-school programs that would more likely divert them from committing crimes. No, they take them to prisons and then have these, they select rapists to talk to them. What does that, does that make any sense? It's not like, hey, man, I raped somebody and I was wrong and it was a mistake and I don't want that to happen to you. No, they're enlisting them as, 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 I guess to, 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 as, again, proxy for the law enforcement agency or the law enforcement community. Like we're part of what's going to happen to you yeah. if you're breaking the yeah. law. Uh, exactly. 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 I, I can't oh, wait to. I yeah, mean, they say the things they say to those kids too. Like I can't wait to get you in here. You know what I mean? Right. All that type of stuff. Like. Yeah, the churches are visiting the prisons all the time. They got church programs going on and they don't complain about it at all. Right. No, and that's the thing. You know, I mean, if you went to jail Well they're not going to. Yeah, they're not going. I mean, they're they're not they're not their aim there is not is not um to rehab these people any more than anyone else. And they have a poor record of doing it. So yeah, it's it's a a terrible it's a a terrible thing. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just want to say it's a lot of money making and saving. Exactly. (laughs) That's the other reason why it won't stop. But you know, the, to That's me, the, the, to me, the only thing, the only thing you do, is cre- by doing that the scared straight program. To me, you don't deter somebody from going pr- going to prison. You make someone scared of going to prison, and that means if they do commit a crime, they're gonna do everything they can not to go to prison. It's not, exactly. it's not deterrent. Exactly. There's an old saying. There's an old saying. Is like, I had to go to jail to learn how to become a crook, and. What do you think you're doing? If you put somebody in that situation, whether, I mean, and let's, again, let's keep in mind, unlike what the the narrative that the media, the mainstream media likes to put out there, most of the people who go to jail aren't, they're, I guess, moral criminals, if you want to say that, but they're not violent offenders. They're not those. You're going to put somebody who, eh, you know, he sold a little, I sold a couple of dime bags here, or I did a little bit of something there, and you're going to put them in the same room with somebody who's going to keep them in sexual slavery for five, ten, how many years? What do you think you're putting back out on the streets? Exactly. Right. What do you think you're and putting back out there? And, and this is and this is just you know a little this is little a, a little tangent, uh, a small one. But you know, like I was saying before, like you know, you're subjecting them to the system where they're viewing certain men as quote unquote women. And mm-hmm. they're trading them for favors, beating them in all types, and raping them all kinds of things. And they go back on the street and they interact with real women. And then out here, there are people out here doing irresponsible things, like having these programs, like you know, marry your baby's daddy day. Okay, what are low-income women of color 
should you really be encouraging them to marry to to marry for security to men exactly. who should exactly. would possibly you know beat rape or or otherwise harm them and their children? Like this exactly. is not this is not a responsible point of view. You should be focusing on figuring out how to get these women secure themselves and then into secure a secure you know uh, emotionally satisfying relationships. You know, but and, you know, the other way just sets them up for failure. And Deborah brings up another. Deborah brought up a really good point. Um, and again, it's yeah. And, and Raina made the statement, and I, I tend to agree that we may never see a real, actual change in regards to uh, uh, prison rape and sexual violence in prison because there's a profit motive attached. Um, right. Whatever, whatever, whatever desire for real justice. Or real, you know, real rehabilitation or real uh, protection, at least of these of these inmates, it's going to get trumped by the fact that there's somebody out there that makes money from this. Someone is going to make. Someone's making money from keeping those jail cells full. And unfortunately, you know, to take any real stand against what we've been witnessing would be affecting somebody's pocket. And I, I just don't see that someone's going to look at the issue of it and say, well, we've got to change this without risking a lot of money being lost. I just don't see that someone's going to agree to that, unfortunately. Absolutely. I mean, especially for the communities where these prisons are housed, I mean, they get all kinds of money. They can add those people to their their census data, you know what I mean, for federal funds and federal programs. I mean, you know, these people benefit these areas where they're housed. So we have to keep mm-hmm. that in mind. They have no real motive to change these things. It's not hurting their bottom line if somebody and gets raped. it raised. brings jobs to the community. It brings jobs right. to the community. And, you know, um, down in Pekin, Illinois, which is one of the most racist or used to be um, one of the most racist um, counties or cities in Illinois, and basically, there were no blacks out there. And if they saw a black person out there, they would chase you out. I, I used to live in the area, so I know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. This is not here. This is what I know. And basically, they put a bid in for the prison, you know, the um, politicians. And when they were granted the um, prison, the people in the county, they were split. Half of them wanted the prison. The other half didn't because then at that point they knew that the prison would be, quote, unquote, multicultural, if you will, and they felt that that would bring more bring minorities, period, to their community, not only as prisoners but as people moving there to get jobs. And so mm-hmm. real economic, um, you know, um, basis to a lot of this and again, some of these prisons are privately owned, and some of them are on the you know stock market. You all can look this up. Some of these, you know, they're publicly traded. So there is a real economic factor in all of this. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there are people being maltreated, and it needs to be addressed. And I wanted to make one other point about transgender rape um, before we move on, because. Not only, you know, are they violated in some cases, you know, in a prison system, they're also violated yet again, um, but violated when they are actually raped, you know, the violent act 
But there's another violation sometimes when law enforcement doesn't believe them or refuses to help them, and sometimes when it's time for them to go get medical help. There have been times that the doctors and nurses refused to help them because they were members of the LGBT community, and, you know, they were insulted yet again. So I just want to make sure that, you know, we recognize that. And, again, this is only part one. We'll be talking about this again on another show, but I want to make sure that we include that because I'm not sure who that is. Ooh. Well, you know. But, uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you know, it, no, no. it's like this. People barely, our, our law enforcement, or they barely wanted to listen to women who have come forward right. and said, look, I have been violated, I have been raped, I have been, um, uh, uh, you know, someone molesting me or whatever. They barely want to hear women talk about it because their first thing is, well, you must have been doing something to bring about whatever happened. So imagine then, the, to 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 a community that our culture at large is just starting to understand, you know, uh, they barely. I mean, I've I've seen situations. You know, I, I have I, I have lesbian friends. You know, you have the femmes, and then you have the ladies that they may dress in what may be deemed masculine by society. And the first thing that somebody says, well, if you want to act like a dude, you're gonna get treated like a dude. Similarly, it's been done the same thing to. To, to transgendered um, men and who have been attacked, it's like, well, you must have somehow subconsciously wanted to be dominated and, 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 and raped by a man so it will validate your womanhood. I don't know, but I've actually heard and seen that kind of, uh, of behavior from folks who I would assume are adults that should know better. So, yeah, you know, if, if women has got it bad. Yeah, I've seen some dudes, I heard some dudes saying like that. Uh, there's a few uh, um, girls who we already knew were lesbian in school and everything, and one of them, you know, I mean, she was a very attractive chick and whatnot. And I heard some guys talking, saying, you know, pretty much saying that they, you know, they fuck her straight or something like that, you know. And I'm like, you know, even then it didn't sound right to me, even though I was too young to really comprehend it. And now when I'm older, I'm still, I still hear you guys say that, or I see it on Facebook and everything, and I'm like, that's just stupidest shit you could ever say. You telling me that you will violate a woman to make a you will force yourself upon a woman to make a love want men more as opposed to women? How does that work? Are you trying to use some yeah, kind of fuck up syndrome or something? I mean, yeah, it's um you know and 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 that is just part of you know how you know men are sort of you know sort of um you know uh indoctrinated would try to think of you know with thinking of women's bodies and thinking about how they have access to women's bodies and things like you know the example about um you know, there's an example of um, Beyonce who was at her concert and one of the right. um, men in the audience reached up and smacked her ass well you know this is something that a lot of women have experienced in their lives you know mm-hmm. and street mm-hmm. harassment and you know and being out and a man just touches you sexually grabs you on the behind or you know, or 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 stops you and grabs your hand and tries to talk to you. Like we are not here for you. We are human I'll, beings. You know what I mean? I was in the club one time, and this you know this was been long ago because I don't even go to the clubs anymore. But it was long ago, and uh, this chick was dancing, and she was probably one of the freakiest dancing chicks in the in the club and everything. And somehow uh, her 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 breast popped out. I don't know how. I don't know if a guy pulled her pulled her top down or whatever. 
and next thing I know, there was a surge of young black dudes running over there to try to cop the field while I was still a can. And the security had to break it up and pretty much shut the club down. The little holding wall hood club and everything. And I just, you know, it was just ridiculous. Cause I didn't even know what was going on until somebody told me. And uh, right. I mean, sorry. And the, and the and the thing and the thing and and this but this is this happens all the time. And I mean, you know, the the way that women are catcalled on the street, right? you know, and, and, and the way that we're, you know, women are supposed to be trained, like, you know, smile when someone talks to you or, you know, because you'll get that. That's one of the things that they'll say to you sometimes, you know, yeah, you got to bring a smile, smile for me. Why aren't you smiling? As though we're obligated to smile for you. We are not exactly. decoration. We are not here yeah. for you. We we yeah, don't exactly. need to be validated by you. You know, you don't uh-huh. have to walk up to a woman on the street and tell her, you know, that she's that she's hot or that she's gorgeous. She didn't get dressed for you. No. You know what I mean? And if exactly. you and if you do want to compliment her, there are more appropriate ways than stopping her I mean, or this... standing in her path or screaming out at her, you know, hey, hey sexy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There are better ways of doing it. Or mm-hmm. or she's more than a skin tone. So you can't you can say, Hey, red, you know, no. I mean there's a, there's a, you know, it's 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 very strange. Again, it's just a mindset that I think again, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation where we're talking, it's not even the fact that there are these guys. It's not a subversive, you know, troll-like uh, a section of society. It's not a subgroup anymore. I mean, no. we're giving these guys awards now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. Kendrick yeah. Lamar has a song. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar has a song called "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe." Here's an NAACP mm-hmm. image award. Wait a minute, hold on, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. right. You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, it, it's like right. you got songs, the Yin Yang Twins. Wait till you see my dick, bitch. And like, wait a mm-hmm. minute, hold on. Why is like God in front row? You know, Trinidad James, like, you know, Little Wayne, bitches love me. Wait a minute. Why is this guy in the front row? Why is he right. out in the or, room? Or, or what is that, 2 Chainz, the one who thought that he that he should get a woman for a, you know for his birthday? Like, she's just a gift? Like, you can just go and go to the store and say, yeah, yeah I'll take that one with the blonde hair? I'll, like, get the hell out of here. I'll take a woman, please. You know, I, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 I it's, it's, it's weird. It's not, it's not the subculture anymore. It's the it's what's in front of us, and it's being rewarded. But the thing about um, it is, the thing about the, it is, it never really was a subculture. It's just we're in a different time, and so a lot of yeah. these things can, are are just they can be put out there in a different in in a different way, in a way that we can consume for entertainment, and that's the problem. Exactly, is that we're we're right. we're, 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 we're these, consuming these things for entertainment. Right, right. and, and, and we're treating these women, we're treating them as adornments, as accoutrements, and they're they're right. people. And, and they're just supposed to stand there and look pretty or dance around and look pretty. I posted an article yesterday in which it was talking about women are still considered their breasts. And it was talking about the hip some videos, one by um, Justin Timberlake and the Justin other one Timberlake. by Robin Thicke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin Timberlake and um, Robin Thicke. And it was talking about those two artists and their videos. And, you know, again, you have a whole host of, you know, other people making the same types of videos in which the women are just extras. And, you know, their thoughts, their feelings, none of that is consideration. They're just there to look pretty and to basically accentuate whatever, you know, misogynistic, you know, message that's being, right. you know, sung or right. right. 
and and you know, and, have, and, and then just and think about and think of and again think about the way that society is telling us to think about men and masculinity and women and 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 what they yeah. and what they represent because these here we have two married men married. Okay, and they yeah. still have to, for the purposes of their career, act like they're still cavorting and womanizing, like they're like they're single. You know I what know, I mean? Um, they still have, in order to represent that sort of masculine power and that and and be real men, they have to be cavorting and, and womanizing. That's ridiculous. You know, can um, I just say? I was, uh, I'll, go ahead. Can I just say that? Uh, I really felt really old and maybe even out of it because I can't understand at all why anybody with a name like Two Chains is popular. That is that, that, that oh, man, the most yeah. ridiculous <laughs> shit I've ever heard of in my life. You're not old. The music just sucks. Now, I used to think that too. No, you're not old, man. The music just sucks. Don't even worry about no, it. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. sucks, but he he's mumbling, not doing nothing. He ain't doing nothing. But but Two Chains. I don't understand how. <laughs> It seems like are we really that far away from Frederick Douglass and Harry Tubman that that we can cheer and 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 two chains can be at at the award show, NAACP award show for multiple um, awards like somebody just said in the front row or whatever. It's just nuts. It this seems to I me mean, like we get to the point where we just give up rewards and like look, just give it to somebody. And I, I, <laughs> right, you don't we have know, a category. We just need to give it to somebody. <laughs> You don't know what torture yeah. is, and so you're riding with a guy for three hours, and you have to listen to the hip hop station and listen to yeah. those same nah. five songs twenty yeah. times. Now, and I, I wanted to make this point, and I, I think it's important. Uh, you know, Kim and Raina brought up this point about the object, uh, the, the objectification of of the women in these videos and these songs and these shows, and what gets to me even more so than that is the interchangeability. Of the objects in the video, it could be a right. girl, it could be a video model, or a car. Or the, right. but either way, you could keep the car or keep the girl, but they'd be treated in the same fashion. Exactly. I can ride both. I don't care. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And I mean, and what what? And my best example is the the Otis video with Jay Z and Kanye. How they took a song. Um. And, and and it's probably the most romantic and powerful love song you could play about trying a little tenderness. Try to see romance from her point of view, the Otis Redding song. It's yeah, not just about right. love. It's try try love and romance from her point of view. Right. Young girls get weary wearing that same old dress. What should you do? Try a little tenderness, brother. Do it the other way. Mm-hmm. And then Jay-Z and Kanye put out Otis. And that thing about tenderness and looking at the world through that woman's eyes or looking at love and things like that, they turned it into a song about objects. Look at the women in their car. They could be on the car or they could be on the women, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Really? So that's a big thing. They don't know the difference. That's the bad part. That's what it is. And as much as I am not a fan of Beyonce or Kim Kardashian, I don't think that you would they would allow either one of those men to disrespect them in that manner. You know, right. so it's like, what are you, I mean, you guys aren't living reality anymore. It's not even reality anymore. You don't go home and do that to your wife. Why would you even try to perpetuate that image? 
You know what I'm saying? But, but the industry, it, it, but the industry thrives on rape culture. The entire, the exactly. industry, and that's what they have to feed into, whether or not they have, you know, other, you know, stances, you know, with respect to I feminism agree. or whatever. So, I agree. Uh, my my beef is, my beef is like this. It's I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, but my beef with cats like Jay Z and a Kanye, they are at a point where they are able to change the discussion, and they refuse to do so, which is why I, I, I put my wallet away. I don't listen to those cats no more. I had, I'm a father to two daughters. I've got four sisters. i got a mother. Um, I had to really just stop and think about it. I love rap music. I love my culture. I love that hip-hop thing. That That's me all day and twice on Sundays. But I had to really step away from it because I'm like, I don't think this way anymore. I grew up. I was 12, and they could have gotten away with a lot of that when I was 12, 13, maybe even up to 17 years old. Oh, yeah. But now yeah. I'm a grown man. I have a wife that, you know, even though we're not always on the same page, and even I respect her not only as my wife, but she's my partner and she's my peer. I respect yeah, her for that. So I can't think yeah. about her like, you know, you know, I'm putting my foot in your ass and I won't give a fuck. That's a song. That's a song somebody made. <laughs> you know right. You know, oh, so sorry. they have the ability to change the narrative, and they don't do it because they know it's going to make more money. Jay Z now has a wife and a daughter. Wouldn't it mean something right. if he stopped and said honestly? If he stopped and said honestly, "Wow, man, I, I've said some really," and, and, and honestly said to his listening public, which is majority female. That's the other part that's really wacky. I know. About this. Men are not buying Rick Ross. Men are not buying Two Chains. Men are not buying. Trinidad James, they're not buying Kanye or Jay-Z. It's women. Women are the biggest. I work in or a radio station. Or Chris Brown. The biggest God demographic God. of people buying these misogynistic, uh, uh, is clearly women-hating or women-objectifying albums are women between the ages of 18 and 34. So that's the very, and, that, and, that's and that, the and that group contains And that group contains the group of women who is most at risk for intimate partner violence and, and murder. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, um, right. Let me say something real quick. Um, I saw a documentary, a, doc, a, doctor, a documentary on Dr. Dre years ago after he, it was long after NWA, it was long after, uh, um, after uh, uh, what was that uh, murder? What was that? What was that? that, that murder the, was the uh, uh, oh, death row. No, no the, the label that Tupac had signed with, they had Suge Knight and shit like that. It was long after all that. And he tried to start his own little thing. He tried to do a different type of rap, not talking about the misogyny and drugs and stuff like that. And his album tanked. And he said um, he was depressed and everything. His wife told him. To rap what you know, rap what you've been doing, because that's what that what what made you money, and that's what made you pop popular. And it was a, it was a stark idea, a reminder that that our society's been so conditioned to accept the gangster rap idea that it doesn't sell, you know. And so I'm also looking at this. I'm looking at people converting around with people discussing creatures like Don the Magic Wand, and we're it, Appraising the idea of a pimp to a point where it's in black pop culture and they're saying, Yeah, I used to watch black exploitation all the time. I love how stupid it is and how bad it's made and seeing boom mics in the in the shot and everything, that's hilarious to me. But when I see uh I see Snoop Dogg and other celebrities rubbing elbows with a guy who made his money by or his notoriety 
off of women, exploiting women and everything like that. I'm like, why should I look at this from this as a role model? And the kids are going to look at you look at you and see this guy standing beside you and everything. Y'all acting like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, just do this shit. You know, be, it, exploit women and make money and everything. I mean, Oh, yeah, but let's take that a step further. Um, Bishop Don Juan, or whatever his name is, he has a church here mm-hmm. in Chicago, on the west side of Chicago. He's part of the Spiritual Churches of America. And he, I, I, you know, I wanted to go visit that church, but I think they'll spot me the minute I walk through the door, and they are not locking those doors and trapping me in that church because it just won't end well. But, um, no, I mean, it's gone beyond, you know, just the rappers idolizing him. Now he has a church, and he is heralded here in the city of Chicago by some of these ministers. And I'm just, that's why I look at some of these people, and I'm like, you all don't see what's happening right in front of your eyes. They're telling you what Absolutely. they're doing to you. And this is for what they This is a man who most certainly, if we know the history and the, and, and the tactics of how men put women into sexual slavery, because that's what prostitution is, um, if we know there, we're definitely talking about a man who has repeatedly raped women, more than likely under the age of of, of 18, minors. Right. You know? I mean, but so, yeah, keep in mind that the average numbering. age of entry into prostitution into this country is around, is, is what, 10 or 11? Yes. Something scary oh, like that? Down here in Florida, it's, you know, down here in Florida, it's getting really messed up. I mean, there's a pipeline. There's a pipeline of young girls just getting taken off the streets. They're not even walking up and trying yeah. to coerce them anymore. They're taking them right off the streets. It's a pipeline that and runs they're, from And they're black and Florida. brown children primarily. Black and brown children, and mostly of the immigrant community. And, mm-hmm. and, and, again, people don't talk about it. It's not that, it's not that big of a deal. So, again, women uh, are, you know, I wanted to touch on, on this. That hopefully it comes up again in the, in, in, in the discussion. But we're talking about uh, uh, culturally, there's just the the perception of how rape in women isn't important. We're talking about the Zimmerman trial. And one of the things that were excluded from being included in the trial is George Zimmerman's act, the accusation against George Zimmerman by his own cousin of him having That's raped right. and molested her from ages 6 to 16. Now, yeah. let's flip that. Ah. The, defense, the defense argued that it should not be part of the case because it is irrelevant to the proceedings. Now, let's flip the script now. Had that been a, his male cousin that he um, uh, abused from ages 6 to 16, do you think that it, I'm thinking we wouldn't even this would have been a closed case by now. We would have been talking about the aftermath of the trial because there's no way on earth somebody would have think that I mean it would be too easy to put two and two together in regards to that. Uh, but this young lady who said this young lady said, well, no, her testimony, look, this guy ain't all there. I know mm. this because he he did this to me for 10 years. Right. right. He's not all there. 
Yeah, but thank you for segueing into the incestuous rape, and we're going to segue that into child rape because here, you know, I'm just looking at some of the statistics, and basically it says research indicates that 40%, 46% of children who are raped are victims of family members, and the majority mm-hmm. of American victims, 61%, are raped before the age of 18. Furthermore, 29% of all rapes occurred when the victim was less than 11 years of age. 11% of rape victims are raped by their fathers or stepfathers, and another 16% are raped by other relatives. And, you know, it's talking about a study of father-daughter incest in the setting, and it showed that these were common features within families before the occurrence of incest estrangement between the mother and the daughter, extreme um, parental or paternal dominance and reassignment of some of the mother's traditional major family responsibility to the daughter. And so, you know, a lot of this is happening. I mean, we can give, a, you know, quite a bit more information, but, you know, basically for those who don't know, incest is between an adult and a child is usually considered a form of child abuse, child sexual abuse. And um, yeah. it's also been one of the most reported forms of incest. Um and we need to talk about that because this is happening, you know, more often, and those children are raped. A six-year-old is not having consensual sex. That's not right. happening. Um, and then also, you know, I'm just going to segue immediately into child rape, and we can talk a little bit more about it. But, you know, parents need to be aware the majority of child rapes and incest happens within families, you know, and a lot of these children are groomed. And that's why, you know, we've talked about this on other shows, and I talked about how, um, and this is something that I've seen with my own eyes, and I know this to be true. I've seen some mm-hmm. people in the community, you know, whether it's family, friends, or religious folks, or even strangers, I've seen them groom children. I've seen them grooming your children. And what they do is they'll give them little presents or compliments or attention, and yeah. basically, they get the child to the point where the child feels some type of affinity or obligation to them. You know, because we have pedophiles, we also have what's called a pedophiles, and they tend to like the, you know, what what are called twinks or you know teenagers, you know, more. Mm-hmm. But they're groomed. Are you talking about any long? Are you talking about Bishop Long? Sound like the beat. He's a boy toy. Give him a job. Then he signed the check for him. At the house. Uh, what was the name of his camp? Wasn't it like Long Longwood or something like that? Longfellow. Longfellows. If that's not the most gay porningest name you could ever put on a camp, I don't know what it is because I wouldn't in any in any sensible structure do that. Um, send my son to some place that he was called like Dr. Eddie's Longwood Camp or something like that. Well, no. let's put it like this: if you were, if you, if you had a child, a son, he, he probably, he probably wasn't going for your child. He was probably going for those, those uh, sons of single women, primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're right. And, you know, a, that's how a predator it, operates, right? Just like in the Milwaukee Archdiocese, whatever case or whatever it was with the priest, mm-hmm. the priest. Mm-hmm would mess with the deaf boys, but only deaf boys whose parents did not speak sign language. Right. 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 So that, that, that's in I mean, the and, and, Maxima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that was, a, that was a very powerful documentary. If you have not seen it, I suggest going to see it. 
Um, again, it's it's this weird thing where it's also a case of ignorance and willful ignorance in most of our communities. I know I came up in a community where we are where everybody talks about that one uncle that can't come over. Don't let the kids play next to <laughs> What? You know, like you, you go, don't you go over there next to Thomas? Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Uh, it's, right. it, 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 it's people. It's people knowing, but cho- choosing not to acknowledge the problem. Um, right. You know, one of the most powerful things I remember when Monique, uh, the comedian, came forward and said, "Yo, my brother molested me for better than twenty years." Well, you know uh, what? And, and, you know, we're talking about child rape and child molestation, but also families can actually um, promote rape culture too. You know, this idea that women, you know, should be comfortable with men having access to their bodies, that starts mm-hmm. very early in some families, even in families yeah. where these women aren't necessarily being molested. You know, it's mm-hmm. just that yeah. it's the way that that uncle touches the small of your back or just grazes yeah. right. your buttocks. Or talks, or the way that your family talks about how you're developing, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and make conversation about it. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's your body as a source of conversation and and a source of entertainment for them. Right. That, that sort of promotes this idea of you know your you are your body and you are your attractiveness and all of those sorts of things that promote rape culture. So you just we just have to think about those things. You know? Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and there has been it's it's one of those it's that laundry that uh, and I don't know if there's this concept that and especially well not, I won't say especially in the black community but I've heard it you know you know be, if you're as black as long as I've been uh, you've heard it a lot where folks say stuff like you know you don't air out your dirty laundry well if you don't air it out how do you expect exactly. it to get clean. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's, oh, I just thought of something else. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just having epiphany. You know, think about, you know, also we have to think about how we raise our kids, too, because a lot of people have this thing, like, where they, they tell their kids, go on and kiss Uncle so-and-so. Give him a hug. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? We need to teach our kids to 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 show affection and, and to be physical with people in their own time. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, it's, not, it's not just talking about their fear. Right. But we need to teach them how to understand fear as well. And we need to listen to them when they say they fear someone. But go ahead, Raina. Right. Well, I was just saying it's not necessarily just about the fear, but I agree with you, you know, that we need to tell them to listen to that voice that says, you know, I'm afraid. You know, but also right. letting people get comfortable in their own time and in their own way with people to 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 choose who they let, you know, their boundaries down with, you know, as opposed yeah. to pushing them and saying, "Hey, you know, you're gonna you're gonna hug him or you're gonna kiss him or whatever." No. Right. You know? uh, it's absolutely true. I'm, I mean, it's one of those things again that it, it's just an open secret, but no one talks about, and then it comes yeah. out later on in life, and that person has. Ha- I, I can't even imagine. Thankfully, it. it, it not so. It has not happened to me, but I've got so many other relatives down the family tree that can say, "Yes, that happened," and it was just like, "Wow, how long have you been having to deal with that? How long have you been having to live in silence with that?" And then a community that will happily, you know, stigmatize you if you decide right. to stand up and say, "Yo, this happened to me." 
you know, right. you'll be accused for, right. for being all kinds of things or trying to, you know, deliberately destroy your own family, which is uh, yeah. Yeah. no way Absolutely. to about that. I, was, I, I just read a letter not that long ago that was written in a Kenyan newspaper. This guy was saying, well, what purpose would it serve to tell the truth about this elder that molested you now? It sounds like you're just trying to start up trouble. And then by the end of the letter, tried to make the woman feel like she was disremembering you know what I mean? What? what happened to her? Like she could, like this couldn't have wow. possibly happened. Like she can't trust her exactly. own mind. You know. Exactly. But, um, I was going to say that's a Jedi mind trick. But no, that's a Jedi yeah. mind trick. And I'll tell you, preachers, especially some of the seasoned ones and some of the old school preachers, they have that down to a science. They will have you apologizing because they raped you. I'm telling you, they are oh, what about, remember that church? What was that church in Florida where the girl, um, she was a babysitter for the pastor or whatever, and the pastor raped her, and they made her stand up in front of the church and apologize to the church and to the pastor for seducing him? That's that right, Jacksonville. Right. That's, that's, that's here in Florida, sister. ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's Florida for you. Um, that's again, it's it's what, even even more prominent was the case uh, with again we're talking about some shady shady folks. I don't even call these you know with respect to those folks that are you know of faith. I don't hate them all or anything like that. You know they believe what they believe. Um, the ones who exercise any kind of common sense during the Bishop Eddie Long situation when they realized or they couldn't reconcile what he did with their own personal beliefs. Those good people, because they're there, they're they're, they're good people in, in, that that go to church and everything like that. Those good people said to themselves, "No, I can't sit in front of this man and call him my spiritual leader anymore. I got to get out of here." And they went across town to Creflo Dollar's church, and he told them to leave because they exercised common sense. You know, they had a, and the reason they had and the reason that he clarity. couldn't. But see, he had to tell them that because because they're bound to find out eventually what a crook he is, and exactly. he doesn't want them doing to him what they what they did to um, you know to this, this guy here is molesting kids and I'm robbing y'all blind. So I'm guessing right. he had to, you know. It, but again, they that but his his you should, I I watched the video and my 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 jaw was open like my jaw was to the floor because he's literally telling them that you're not a good Christian. Because you left somebody who's already been forgiven by the blood of Christ. And I'm like, listen, dude, even if Jesus were real, I bet you if you told him exactly what the guy did, Jesus himself would have been like, I'm going to the other church, too. Oh, what about, so what about that church where the, pastor, where the pastor is a, um, a pedophile and the church is just making it so that no one can bring their children to church? Yeah. Same church. Yeah. right oh, here. That that the same church. Too. It's the same church. <laughs> It's the same but thing. But then, uh, also, um, okay. didn't T.D. Jakes uh, defend Eddie Long? Y'all remember that? That was Dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Dollar. No, T.D. Jakes did, too. There's an article, there's an article where T.D. Yeah. Jakes was defending him, and then uh, he would say something like, well, them boys were blank years old or whatever it was, which is what you're right. saying, what we're talking about, about how he groomed them. So, once again, right. it's, it's attacking right. the victim who was groomed, right? So, if... If he's if he basically picks single moms that are really really religious and would mm-hmm. be very excited that the preacher gave their That's son right. it's a status some, symbol. some attention, it's a status symbol. 
Yeah, and yeah. that is simple. And, you know, offline we can talk that. because I can tell you some stories that I know mm-hmm. from just the circle of people that I'm associated with about them grooming mm-hmm. these boys and how they um, focus on single-parent homes or if it's a two-parent home that there's a disconnect or an emotional detachment from the father. You know, so the father yeah. may be emotionally unavailable or physically abusive. They they target certain types of women, but then also there was um, a ring of them in the 60s and the 70s that were adopting little boys and molesting mm-hmm. young boys. Um, as a matter of yeah. fact, um, Jane Cleveland's estate, and I, I'll use his name because this is public information, was sued mm-hmm. by his adoptive son because um, James Cleveland died from complications of age, and this yes. young man was affected by that. He turned around and sued the state, and they settled out of court. But it wasn't only James Cleveland. There was a whole circle of people. You know, even Liberace adopted a young man that was his lover. So, I mean, this happens. Right. Now, I was going to say, um, I was going to oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, no. um, going back to what I said earlier, though, about, like, teaching your kids about boundaries and stuff, that also deals with how, you know, rape with, uh, rape and, and sexual assault with women occurs, too, in, in grown women who haven't necessarily been molested. It's, you know, we teach women, you know, to be open and to not, you know, you know, not to, you know, ignore someone or to, you know, walk away when someone asks them a direct question or whatever, you know, that they don't know. But, you know, these things, we're, we're teaching them how basically to open themselves to that type of violence, you know, because that's what right. thing implies a certain amount yeah, of it, compliance, it, you know, and, of you know, the ability for you to victimize this person. And it know? makes you wonder. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, please, go ahead. I was just going to say, it makes you wonder how they can be so for that, for pedophiles, and so against gay people. Here's the thing, and I'll touch on that, too. Um, The funny thing about that is this, and I was just having a conversation today before I even got on the call, where I really believe this is, and it goes back to Raina's point of, Patriarchy, our culture of patriarchy, and how yeah. it supports this rape culture. Um, there's this understanding, and it, it'll help you understand how um, Jerry Sandusky got to those boys at Penn State, and it's going to help mm-hmm. you understand how Eddie Long got yeah. to them, and how 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 um, those Catholic bishops got to those young boys. There's an understanding, or at least a belief, and you'll hear it a lot, especially in the black community, about. A woman is unable to teach a man about how to be a man. Right. So you need a male mm-hmm. figure to, right. to, 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 to to make this. Uh, so in, in, in actuality, our culture is actually offering these boys up to these, exactly. these men, these, these exactly. very dangerous people. Because we're, yes. we're saying that um, a man can't be taught how to be a man by a woman. Who says? Who says? Right. That's 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 that doesn't even make sense. Right. And what is, what, and uh, shouldn't really. Shouldn't anybody. Are being offered up as sacrificial lambs. These children are being right. offered yeah. up as 
natural lambs, and again, like I said, exactly. part of it is a status symbol, all of that, and, you know, it's, it's important. But I also want to make a disclaimer. Um, just in case somebody out there is misunderstanding, I want to clear it up because I don't want any emails about this. Um, in no way are we saying that pedophilia is synonymous with homosexuality. Oh, not no, I'm not saying that. No, I, you know, not I, I wasn't saying that. No, I know you did. No, I'm trying to make sure that people understand it, that they don't take it the wrong way. So I'm just making that disclaimer because that's not it. We're talking yeah. about rape culture. No, And we no. were talking about but no. and hey. we're talking about some of these religious leaders and about giving some examples as to what happened with the priests and some of these preachers. We're talking about those specific people and those specific situations. So do not take our words and twist it. Oh, I just no. want to make sure no, no, that's no. understood. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying that I, preachers are, are, are I'm saying that preachers are predators. <laughs> yeah, Whether that's it what be I'm for your about. pocketbook or your or or, or, or your holes. Yeah, well, it, 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 you it, can it, see how it's man made. Oh my gosh, all this all this religion is man made. Yeah, first the first the first uh culture was matriarchy. Those were the first women were the first ones they went against. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think there's supporting evidence for that position, but the point is is that we live under patriarchy now, whether you know whether or not that happens I, to be the case. But the, um, I, I was going to say, say too that. Um, go ahead. You know, we we're, we're discussing the issue, and I don't know. Again, it, it's making me go back to other things that that you know I may, I skipped over, like when I was going to church. Somebody just said it to me, and because it was in the Bible, I accepted it as truth, and I didn't question it. But the moment, it's one of those things, what I call my moment of clarity, when I had to really stop and think about what I was just told. There is a story in the Bible about the prophet Elisha where a boy dies. Um, it's one of those miracle stories where he brings him back from the dead. And they said the boy was sick and he died. So Elisha came and told the mother and father, leave me alone with the boy. And they put the boy on his bed, and then Elisha laid down on top of him and breathed into his mouth and prayed, and the boy came back to life. And I was like, whoa, slow down. What? It didn't, uh-huh. it, didn't, it didn't click for me until I got to that age. Like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right at all. You know? It's you know where that is in the Bible? That's, um... Wow, I think it's the Book of Kings. I'm not. I mean, sorry. Go ahead. Do I know where the actual oh, yeah, well, book I mean, is? We're talking about the Bible. Remember the story when he offered up instead of giving the men that came and that the townspeople were wanting him to release the, the strangers in town. He offered up the story of Lot. Lot. The story of yes. Lot. Yes. yes. They said, "Hey, yeah, there's some new people in town visiting your house. Won't you send them on out here so we can uh, have sex with them?" Hey, man, these are guests in my house. Instead, won't you have my virgin my daughter? Daughters. And this is the hero of the story. Well, I can't you know, understand. It, it, I can't understand that story at all. No, and it that's and again, so it doesn't. It's it's just so weird. It's just again, it's one of those things where. This is not new. It's been going on for so long. Like, people, the, the, like, the takeaway from our story, like, if we're listening to, if we, if somebody were to tell you the Sodom and Gomorrah story, the takeaway from the story was uh, they want, or at least a Christian person would have you believe that the takeaway was 
the homosexual culture, and that even though there's no evidence to support that whatsoever, we're supposed to take away that that's the bad thing, not offering up your daughters to be raped, or later on, your daughter's getting drunk and raping you, which is exactly right. what happened. So why, right. would offer, why would you offer up, why would you offer so again, a girl to gay men? Why yeah, would you offer a girl to gay men? Exactly. See, so it's, know, it's again the culture. The culture again, it's it's something that's been there and it has been supported and promoted. And again, while it's not wholeheartedly wholly religious fault, it it's it's just part and parcel of 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 our culture. And we and and it's being upheld now. You know, and then, um, which is go ahead. No, no, please, I'm done. I was just saying, and then after, uh, when he leaves the city, when they leave the city, and the, and the and his wife is turned into stone, you ain't got an angel there to tell those little girls, no, you don't have to get down with your daddy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, the takeaway. Oh, oh, yes, oh, no, so all of that is just unreal. We have a couple of callers, so I want to try to get them in before the end. We have a caller from Minnesota, 651. Are you there? May we ask who's calling? Nobody. Six five one. Okay, back on hold. You go, and you can let us know when you're ready to come on board. Um, Area code three one zero. May we ask who's calling? This is um, Tony in Los Angeles. Hey Tony. Hey. Thanks for calling. How you doing? I'm looking for Hello. your meeting on Friday, Kim. For the um, for the scholarship ceremony on Saturday, so I'm a member of BSLA, so yeah. Um, I wanted to make a few points. I had to cut off in the middle of the show because I have my cello lesson, but I'm back on. And I just want to say that for children who are victims of abuse, um, a lot of emphasis gets put on the stranger, you know, touching the child or assaulting the child. But really, the most dangerous place for children who are abused is the home. Like, that's where most okay. particularly stuff happens, yeah. is in the home by the parents or a, a parent figure. Well, and, and the stranger uh, the stranger rapist is, is, is not just something that gets promoted with when it comes to children, but it's also mm-hmm. something that gets promoted when it comes to women and, 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 exactly. and women's rape. And that's not true either. More, more than likely, you're going to be raped by someone that you know or have acquaintance with. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I also... Yeah. A few resources. There's this really good documentary made in the, I think it's in the early 90s, about rape in the black community. It's called Rape, um, Know the Rape Documentary. And if you Google it, you'll be able to find it. And I actually saw it at Occidental a few weeks ago. It was very good. And then for resources for survivors, there's several books I like to recommend. Um, After the Silence, it's basically a woman's account of her um, her rape and her recovery. Um, she was raped by a stranger, someone broke during her home, but the trauma that is experienced by rape victims. Well, trauma is essentially the same whether you've been raped by a stranger or by someone you know, and maybe slightly worse by, you know, someone you know because of that level of betrayal. But as far as trauma goes, um, there's a particular pattern to that, and finally science is catching up with it, and they've been able to actually map how the brain is affected by trauma and the right. chemicals that produces what we know as PTSD. And right. then uh, 
really good writer named Dr. Judith Harmon. I can't remember the name of the book, but she's done a lot of work in trauma studies. And um, she has this book called Trauma and Resiliency. And her book talks about the different types of trauma and how the symptoms of because as allies to people who have the trauma device, particularly when you're talking about children and you may suspect that a child you know is being abused, it's really good to have that information as far as, like, what signs to look for, you know, particularly, right. yeah, how they're interacting with the parent. And there are different signs based on who is abusing the child. For example, oh. if a abusing child, there are different a child with different behavior than if a woman is abusing a child. So I think it's important for us to educate ourselves to look out for those things. We can act as allies because when a person has long-time trauma, I mean, part of the trauma is to result in that victim wanting to protect the abuser because they don't want to acknowledge what's happening to them because it's horrible to recognize that someone you trust has betrayed you on such a deep and powerful level, you know, and particularly a child who has no understanding of that, they just go around them who can um, look out for those things to be allies and be supportive. And that's all I have to say. Excellent. Excellent. Can you give us information about the documentary again? Can you tell that again? Yeah, the documentary is called um, No, with an exclamation point, the rape documentary. Okay, very good. I'm writing it down. It's a really good documentary. The DVD is, like, for purchase, and then you can arrange screenings. I actually went to a screening at um, Occidental where the filmmaker was there, and, um, you know, she's a survivor of, of... I mean, I, this is public knowledge, so I'm not telling her business, of rape and incest, you know. But it particularly talks about rape in the black community. It gives a historical perspective as far as slavery. And then as and it really goes into the aspect of blaming the victim and really what rape is, particularly in the context of state rape and acquaintance rape. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be – I'm so glad that we're going to have further shows on this, Tim, because there's a whole other element that we haven't even gotten to in talking about this, you know, this discussion, like, you know, street harassment and some of the finer points yeah. of, what, of where you can find race culture. And then also just the sort of, you know, sort of historical cultural reasons why – black women and, and black men, you know, don't report rape, but particularly black women because they're, a lot of times, they're, they're, um, their abusers are black, and some of them don't want to um, come forward, not only because it will, um, you know, open them up to scrutiny, but also it, 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 it's sort of, sort of seen as a betrayal. You know, mm-hmm. right. uh, of 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 their brothers, you know, to make this uh, this assertion that they've been raped is to is to uh, give into this stereotype that black men are, you know, sexually aggressive, you know, animalistic, you know, uncontrollable, you know, scenes. So, right. you know, we have to keep that in mind too. Exactly. 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 And guys, we this is part one, everyone. So we definitely will be doing a part two in which we will talk about signs and interactions and street harassment. We'll talk a little bit about what happened down in Morehouse, about, again, the cultural influences and reasons why some people don't come forward because, again, when she was talking about people being, you know, castigated as traitors, and and sometimes they're made to feel as though they're bringing shame on the whole family, even though they were the victim. 
but they're bringing shame on the family or in some cases shame on the community and how some are intimidated and forced into silence. So this is only part one. We'll definitely be doing a part two, and we'll go more in depth because, again, want to make sure we hit on the LGBTQ community a little bit more, talk a little bit more about transgender because the murder rates behind um, transgender right now is crazy. It's one in 12 are murdered, and in the black community it's one in eight. And we'll talk about more statistics and acknowledge that and we're going to try to watch that documentary before we do part two. So on that note, I again, I oh, thank Kim. everybody who called for this. Uh-huh. Okay, can I, I want to say what, one other quick thing, too. Um, as far as uh, legislature and laws against rape, it's really important to check your communities because um, a lot of cases rape is strictly defined by basically forcing a penis into a vagina, which the gay right. So technically, if you were annually raped, you weren't raped. If your mother raped you. Or you're raped with an object. You're raped right. with an object, yeah. And actually, in New York, I think two weeks ago, they just passed laws to make it more inclusive. But that's one level you have to start at as far as in our communities to make sure those laws do correspond with that, what rape actually mm. is. Yeah. Right. The FBI yeah. didn't change its, its definition of rape until last October. Right, you know? right. So right. all of this time, you know, being raped with an object wasn't really rape, but according right. to the FBI. Right. And there was a case over in Great Britain in which um, a transgender um, man was attacked by someone, and they called it a sexual assault as opposed to rape because the person who assaulted him or her, um, they didn't know that genetically or anatomically that that person was a man. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll go more in depth on part two. So, again, we thank you guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody that called in and contributed to the station. Part two is coming up um, possibly in a few weeks, so stay tuned. I'll announce that later. All right, everybody, you all have a good weekend now. All right. All right. You guys take care. Have a good one, y'all. Take care. All right.